pitcher style kettles obviously have like, like a little pitcher spout that you would just pour out of. It doesn't have much control. It just kind of water just slops out into whatever you're doing. Goosenecks, normally the gooseneck's going to start from the bottom of the kettle and kind of arc its way up and out and has normally like a little sloped or like a pointed tip to it. First of all, you don't have to tip the pitcher as much because the exiting point of the water is actually at the bottom of the kettle. And then because of the spout and the angle and the way the tip of the spout is, it allows finer control of the water and allows you to do like more of a steady stream and a more precision stream. Want to learn more about that black magic elixir that we call coffee? Look no further. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee. Coffee 101 is your complete knowledge base for all things coffee. Listen to the show, and you'll be able to make phenomenal coffee at home. Know what in the world your local barista is talking about when she throws out big words and troubleshoot basically any coffee dilemma that arises. Season 2 is all about coffee's journey from shelf to sip. If you're looking for seed to shelf, then go back and listen to Season 1 to gain a better understanding of where that great coffee comes from. On the show today, I'm in the studio talking directly with my good coffee geek friend, Stefan Tribble. And we talk about kettles and why kettles are important and little tips and tricks to be able to control your kettle game when you're at home or even if you're behind the bar in a coffee shop. And I'm joined in the studio also by Katie. Katie, how are you today? I am pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. So, pretty good is better than not pretty good? Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. Oh, okay. Why do young ladies, when they take pictures that they send to their friends, uh-huh. take it like where half of their face is like on the picture. Like, like, where did that come from? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like on Snapchat? On Snapchat, when they're doing Be Real, like, it's just like something I've noticed over the last couple of years. Like, girls, they like, they'll take these really quick little pictures where they like have half their face on it and, you know, I don't know. Like, what is that? Who came um, up with that? Part of it might be because we can kind of control what features on our body look good, like on our face. Mm. Like if you take it at like an angle kind of above your face, it makes your eyes look bigger and like your nose look smaller and stuff like that. And then like some, a lot of girls take it at the side of their face because they like a specific side of their face better. Mm. And I mean, if they're snapping boys, they got to look good. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, I guess I just never thought about it. I just, but I noticed that. And I just thought it was like some kind of like hip style thing that, you know. It's not really a trend. It's just kind of a habit. Yeah. Do you remember like the first time that you did it? Mm, do I remember? No. I mm. kind of just kind of started doing it, I guess. I think on like Snapchat and stuff, everyone gets like eventually their specific kind of 
way that they'll take pictures of their face. They're like, ooh, I look good in this one. Or not even look good, but it's just, like, easy, I guess. But, like, some, I mean, it's the same thing for guys. Yeah. And girls do more facial expressions, I feel like. But guys kind of do, like, the same facial expressions, even if the angle's different. Like, girls stick to a steady angle. Guys stick to facial expressions. Like, a lot of the guys are, like, my guy friends on Snapchat. They'll just send, like, a, like, they're always, like, kind of doing either, like, a little half smile and just kind of looking into the camera. Mm-hmm. Or they're, like, not smiling and just, like, looking directly into the camera. It's, like, it's predictable. Yeah, so, okay, so they do more, like, the actual expression, and they try to stick to that, and y'all have, like, a an angle or something. Yeah, like but a you might angle. change the expression. Yeah. So, okay, so segue here. So, if kettles were oh, people. kettles, okay. If kettles were people, <laughs> do you think they would, like, more where they would take side pictures, like half of their half, show half of their kettle, as opposed or, to what? <laughs> I don't know. Like as opposed to what other device? Do you remember that um, that commercial? Was it for Swiffer or something? Where like for a few years, like the uh, the mop would like swing out, and you know with. When the mop like waved, it it, it kind of looked like a person's hair, and, and the mop was acting like a person. Do you remember that commercial or that series? Maybe <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I have but anyway, no idea. maybe maybe somebody could do kettles like that. I think Swiffers and bring them to life. Swiffers would take a full face picture, but then mops would take a half face picture. What about kettles? I don't know because I can't compare them to anything. A teapot. Well, okay, so let's talk about that. So you, so when you're looking at kettles, you have those teapots, what we call like a stovetop, uh-huh. whatever. You have the gooseneck, you know. Yeah. And um, then you've got some other, you know, those those are probably the two big ones. But um, like gooseneck or stovetop, which one do you think is more like? Um, Gooseneck's like, uh, definitely more of a guy. You think so? Stovetop's definitely more of a girl. See, I would have put, like, stovetop, I would have said, like, like no frills, plain Jane, and I would have said, like, that's more like guy. You think? And, yeah, and, and I think with gooseneck, you know, that would be more girl because it's got, like, the curves uh, and the, the, you know. It's making me uncomfortable. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's more precise and methodical and and like sophisticated i guess maybe like the gooseneck is just like more attractive to each of us yeah so like we're like oh well the goosenecks for me it would be the guy and for me and for you it'd be the girl gotcha well let's get into the actual conversation about kettles which has nothing to do with if they are guys or girls and uh i'll be joined in the studio today with stefan my good coffee friend and let's jump right to it. Well, we got you back in. Glad to be back, Kenneth. Thanks for uh, bringing me on the show. I always like to to pop in occasionally. Yeah, and um, you know, Katie's been trucking along with us, uh, helping me with the intros and outros, and she's what I would call a one hundred one er in that she is still learning about coffee, but then. Where you come in is doing the heavy lifting as far as being a co-coffee geek. Oh, yeah. 
which I think is the great thing about Coffee 101 is you've got, got a little bit of the expert on here and then also a 101-er like uh, Katie, and I think that's uh, that's makes it best for the audience so they kind of understand what they're what they're getting into. Yep, and we want it to be approachable, mm-hmm. you know, for anybody who is what I would call coffee curious. Yep. And speaking of curiosities, today you and I are going to dish out some kettle knowledge. I love kettles. <laughs> Do you really? I have too many kettles. Do you really? Yeah. Tell me tell me about your tell me about your kettle fetish. Uh well, the wife says I can't have any more kettles or anything <laughs> else. So. Yeah. We've got goosenecks and non-goosenecks and regulars. We're going to get into all those like different types of kettles, you know, got into old stovetops and electric ones. Yeah. Uh, a few different brands as well. Yeah. I have my I have my two main ones that I use all the time. And I have a travel one, but Ooh. so I guess I have three all the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> go ahead and uh, for the one on ers out there who are short on time, give us your give us your go-tos at home and yeah. Uh, travel and right. uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you kind of mine at home. Gotcha and travel, I guess. Yeah, so I have uh, I have two Bonavitas. Um, uh-huh. I have the one that actually is that you can dial in the temperature. It's got the actual temperature dial in, and then I have the one that's just the standard flip down, and it'll come to you know about two hundred degrees, you know, to a boil basically, and then yeah, then shut off. And then uh, the travel one, just a little cheap Amazon collapsible. Yeah, you know, silicon one. Uh, I'm sure there's some nicer brands out there, but for uh, what I need on the road, a lot of times that that fits the bill at least for when I'm doing like an AeroPress or something like that. So uh, I'm not pulling, I'm not pouring a pour over with that one. But, uh, but yeah, I know, I know, Fellow's another big one out there. Fellow and Bonavita is probably the two biggest biggest brands, and a lot of people have mm-hmm. uh, Fellow's uh, as well. Those are pretty nice. Yeah, and um, you know, I would say kind of similar uh, for my home. You know, just kind of behind the scenes, uh, gets the job done and is efficient. And we'll talk about some of the bells and whistles of kettles themselves. I have a, a gooseneck that is a Bonavita. And actually, I have a couple of them uh, <laughs> one at home and yep. I have one at work yep. um, that's just for coffee. And uh, then I have a travel. I think it's a. I think it's a Hario. Yeah. Um, yep. But it's a little travel. But but you can't control the temperature. You Correct. just basically go up to a boil, mm-hmm. um, and then you, know, you have to go yeah. from there. That's that's what I have. I have the I have this the the standard Bonavitas in my home office upstairs because yeah. I feel like it's too much work to walk twenty steps downstairs. I guess yeah. so. A whole a whole coffee. Yeah. <laughs> a whole coffee set up upstairs in the upstairs office, and then in the kitchen I have the the other one. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I, I remember. Uh, I know we've uh, been on the road together, Sam, and I've. I like that little uh, Hario kettle yeah. you have. It's not collapsible, but it it does. I think it does a better job, obviously, than that little silicone cheap twenty dollar one I got from Amazon. But yeah, it does. A, it does a good job, and it's not. Um, it doesn't take up too much space, and it's not going to, like you know, break basically because it's just a it's a stainless steel kind of workhorse, but smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably get the equivalent of, I'd say at best, three cups of coffee worth of water, you know, in there as far as yep. the bowl goes, which I think is plenty, you know, when you're traveling. And you're normally doing like an AeroPress on the road as well, kind of like me yeah. with that. That's so right. You're not trying to do a, a V60 pour over or something crazy like that. Yep. And for the one on ers out there, when Stefan's talking about AeroPress, mm-hmm. that is a specific brewing device that we actually have um, – an episode coming up sometime fairly soon 
where I circled back around with Jeremy Moore of Bon Life Coffee Roasters, who was the 2014 U.S. U.S. AeroPress Mm. champion. Um, And uh, so he knows a little bit about AeroPress, and so um, look forward to that episode coming up sometime soon. I was going to say, if you're not familiar with what that term is, keep saying it, look it up, and then also listen to the episode. Yeah. It's a great way to make coffee, an easy, quick way to make coffee. Yeah, it's one of my go-tos. Um, so we've kind of danced around this, but let's say the three main styles of kettles when it comes to what you have in your kitchen, and they are stovetop, electronic, and gooseneck. Um, and there's a little overlap uh, with some of this, and, and I'll just go ahead and explain. So it's stovetop, you know, it's obviously literally stovetop, mm-hmm. and you're you're using your of your stove top to uh, heat up the water to a boil and then you take it for coffee we're taking it at least 30 seconds off boil which boiling is 212 Fahrenheit and we would prefer it to be 195 to 205 for our brewing Um, one thing I don't like about some of the stove top ones is that they will do that and it's a it's a part they add on to it but and I think you can take it off. But the little whistle, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the stovetop kind of reminds you of my grandmother used to make tea all the time. So she yeah. had the little little wee and yeah, yeah, over yeah. there making the noise. That was a terrible interpretation. But you know what I mean. No, like, like you're saying, the whistle. Yeah, yeah. I can't so. even do it. It's it's pretty high up <laughs> yeah. there. But yeah, but I will say we still have one of those at home. And occasionally my wife will a little. We have a little red tea kettle, and yeah. she will still boil on that, even though I'm like. You have, have seventeen kettles. Yeah, so. I have yeah, yeah, thirty eight kettles in yeah. this house or something. But yeah, you'll still use the one on the stovetop occasionally. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just the 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 romance of it of you know I put this kettle on the stove and boil the water and all that stuff. It is, and we've yeah. talked about in some of the other episodes that that part of the allure of coffee can be you know those like like the nostalgic feeling that mm-hmm. you get with certain ways that you do things and kind of the way things look mm-hmm. um and things like that. So so that's part of making a good cup. Yep. Um I don't like the whistling because two things. One is if it's early in the morning, yep. like I don't want to wake up anybody because that's my only time that I have to mm-hmm. think clearly mm-hmm. without multiple interruptions. And the other is that it just takes longer. Yeah. So it's wildly unpredictable, too. And it's probably energy efficient wise kind of a waste because you're, you know, heating up. Yeah. You know, whether or not you have a gas stove or an electric stove, you're heating up this massive element, getting that appliance on to heat up this little metal thing of water. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one little ninja trick if you have a stovetop kettle to get it to heat up faster is just go ahead and get hot water, you know, from yep. your faucet from the get go. And that'll save a lot mm-hmm. of the, um, the heating up part because you can get your from room temp to hot water a lot quicker than you can. If you were to try to do that in the kettle itself. Yeah. Okay. And then the second one is electronic. So, it's quieter. It won't have the precision of a gooseneck, and we'll talk about that when we talk about the gooseneck. But um, 
I can give you a story, current story actually, um, of electronic. But um, any thoughts off yeah. the top of your head? Well, I think um, you know. Obviously, we're going to talk about the gooseneck in a second, which most of the time is an, is some kind of an electronic. One. Yeah, but, they kind of overlap yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But the electronic, you know, I, I guess, for the in the viewer's mind, probably all the major appliance manufacturers make some kind of electric kettle. It's normally some kind of a clear glass, or maybe it's a little white plastic thing that just has like a normal spout, like mm-hmm. a water pitcher almost, basically, that yeah. heats up water. A lot of people use it for like soups or things like that. You see yeah. that a lot. Um, but that's kind of, I think that's kind of what we're talking about right here uh, in this particular category. And that's a good way to think about it visually is it's kind of like a pitcher yep. is kind of what it looks like. Um, and sometimes you'll see a coil. Mm-hmm in there directly where you may not see that yep. in a gooseneck. That takes me back to college days of making ramen noodle in my dorm room. You know? Heck yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I survived college on ramen noodles and tuna fish. Ooh, not together, you. but listen, I had an awesome but very simple tuna fish recipe where I'd add a little mayonnaise, a little mustard, actually more mayonnaise than mustard, and then a little bit of Cavender's or Tony Cachere's. So it's, uh, we should and change you put it, it on crackers. Are we changing the name to Tuna 101 now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Coffee Coffee has has a much better aroma yes, I than, would agree. than tuna. I would agree. Um, yeah. But so recently, um, although it has lasted several years, our Bonavita mm-hmm. just went kaput. Yep. Now, I will say, even before it went kaput, um, and again, I'm talking about, so don't take this as saying don't go get a Bonavita because I've had this thing for years and years. Uh, it had a little bit of a leak where the gooseneck comes out of the mm-hmm. actual base. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I took some like JB Weld equivalent, you know, yeah. like some, some Gorilla Glue type stuff and put it around there. Yep. And that worked, and that gave us like another year yeah, <laughs> on yeah. it. And then, and then recently, um, the temperature had started getting a little erratic as far as the electronic feedback. Mm-hmm. And then about a week ago, it just flat out would flat not turn on. Yeah. And and so we had a pitcher, like a electronic pitcher, um, that way back in the day we used for tea, and. Um, Immediately, I ordered another gooseneck kettle on Amazon, um, but for whatever reason, it was going to take a couple of weeks to get in. So I don't have it right now. So we're actually using a pitcher. What uh, what kind of kettle are you going back to Bonavita? Are you going to a fellow? Are you going to a barista? What what kind of brand are you going with? So going back to Bonavita because yep. um, I think pound for pound, it's about the cheapest and most robust. Yep. Um, as far as a gooseneck kettle, um, and we'll put a link in the show notes um, if anybody's interested in that type of uh, kettle. Um, and then let's let's go ahead and explain exactly what what pros cons whatever of a gooseneck, and then let's get a little more into that. Yeah. So I'll let you sure. jump in. Yeah, gooseneck. Kind of what we're talking about here is it's normally in today's world probably an electric one i i also have a stovetop gooseneck as well a tiny little stovetop okay. yeah i use it when i go camping sometimes yeah because cool. a lot of times we have like um you know, like little little propane stoves and yeah. so it's a small little it's actually a hario um brand just stovetop gooseneck um and so occasionally we'll do that if we're going to some place off grid that we need to we can use like a fire or yeah you know stovetop for that or like a little electric stove 
Yeah. Or gas stove, I should say. Um, anyways, so gooseneck. But what does it look like? Really, when we're talking about that is the characteristics of how it pours. So the pitcher-style kettles obviously have like like a little pitcher spout that you would just you pour out of. It doesn't have much control. It just kind of water just slops out into whatever you're doing. Right. Goosenecks normally, or the gooseneck's going to start from the bottom of the kettle and kind of arc its way up and out and has normally like a little sloped or like a pointed tip to it. And so that way, first of all, you don't have to tip the pitcher as much because the exiting point of the water is actually at the bottom of the kettle. Yeah. And then because of the spout and the angle and the way the tip of the spout is, it allows finer control of the water and allows you to do like more of a steady stream and a more precision stream. So when we get into making coffee. That is very beneficial, obviously in the making manual coffee in like a pour over way or even, uh, you know, pouring water into your AeroPress or your French press or something like that. And not making a and, mess. Yeah, and not making a mess. So you're able yeah. to, to pour. Not necessarily, you, know, you don't necessarily need a gooseneck for those type of things, but it does make in the coffee world that gooseneck makes it a little bit easier. So, it's normally the best for coffee. It allows you to have a slow, very methodical pour and precision pour to it. It allows you to actually get the water exactly where you want it and the exact amount of water out. Um, so you can kind of start and stop really easily as opposed to just slopping water out yeah. of, a, of a pitcher-style kettle. And it it really does, if if you one of owners haven't seen it, look it looks like a, like Goose. a goose's yeah. neck you know, and head. Um and just kind of as a tangent, like I'm looking at you, fellow, or Hario, or somebody, I think it would be really sleek and cool, but maybe a little weird, but maybe cultishly weird um, to have like a kettle that actually looked like a goose. goose. How cool would that be? I don't know. <laughs> Fel- fellow's got their very clean, you know, they're, they're- their stag kettle is like a very nice, sleek, black, like angled type of thing. Yeah. I feel like a Bonavita kind of looks like a yeah. goose, kind of the, the way it's kind of fatter at the bottom and kind of works that way. I don't know. It, yeah. But yeah, it would be kind of funny. Maybe a paint job. Maybe like a yeah, that decal would be cool. or something that's got like yeah, maybe a goose decal. wings on the side or something like that. I would that. totally buy one. <laughs> I would totally buy one. If, so I'm looking at some designer out there. Y'all, yeah. y'all make it happen. When we come back in just a moment, we'll continue our conversation between myself and Stefan, my good coffee geek friend, about kettles. Hey, 101ers, Kenneth here. I know that you're at least coffee curious if you're listening to this podcast. And if you're looking for what a cup of coffee should taste like, or certain roast levels and um, specific processing methods and things like that, look no further than Humble Coffee. Humble Coffee always does just single origin, and we have won several roasting awards within the United States and used that knowledge between the roasting and then how we select out for green coffee to bring you the absolute best bean to be able to showcase what coffee can be. So just click on the link in the show notes or go to humblecoffee.com. That's U-M-B-L-E coffee.com. Now, let's get back to talking about kettles. 
Um, okay, let's talk about the different materials for really all of these kettles. You have ceramic, you have glass, you have aluminum, cast iron, which is kind of interesting, old school. You have stainless steel, you have copper. And one big thing to remember with um, these different materials is that they're going to have different properties uh, as far as like how they can conserve the temperature or not. So stainless steel, you're going to lose that temperature from the steel pretty quickly. Now, a lot of them are going to be double walled, which means you have a little insulation layer in between, um, but some may not. Um, but then like ceramic and some of these others will hold temperature um, a little a little better. And Another thing, as far as like looking at differences, sometimes style. Um, so, like for example, we we talked a little bit, um, but not in detail about like Fellow, um, which is a company that has some really kind of just cutting edge, mm. like stylistically, you know, all kinds of stuff, kettles, grinders, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, and so that's, and we'll put a link in the show notes below, but that, that's a company that is worth, uh, following and just kind of seeing, you know, over time what they come out with. And I actually don't have a fellow, um, kettle. Do you? I have had one before. Okay. Um, but just through various reasons, I just went back to the tried and true Bonavita. Um, I had one of the original stag kettles, like back when they first came out. I've actually been to, um, I think they may have moved, but. In San Francisco, they had a really neat little kind of storefront shop, like their yeah. their HQ kind of front shop area. And that's actually where I bought it. I bought it when I was in, in okay. San Francisco one time. It was actually right when they first came out with it. But uh, going back to the tri now they look very nice. Yeah. And the Bonavitas stylistically have some room to grow on the looking nice. But like you said, for I think cost between the cost versus what you get and it functioning, yeah. the Bonavitas utilitarian it just functions and it works and it does it doesn't necessarily look maybe the prettiest as like a fellow does yeah i don't know fellow has done a lot of work over the past few years uh, and and as they've updated and released their kettles like on how the temperature control works and the pid and all that kind of stuff so that's definitely um i think you can't go wrong with any of them probably just yeah. depends on what you're if you're hiding the kettle away yeah just get a bonavita it's going to be a statement piece on your countertop maybe you maybe you splurge and get maybe you get the splurge fellow. and get the fellow one yeah no, I agree. Um, so other things to think about as far as bells and whistles with uh, any of these kettles, of course, the ergonomics, um, you know, how the handle feels, um, your ability to control your pour, which Stefan kind of talked about, especially with the gooseneck kettle um, just a little while ago. Um the amount that you can control the temperature. So when we're talking about most stovetop kettles and a lot, if not most of the electric kettles, you it's just going to go to boiling. Yep. You know, um, whereas the gooseneck, you some of them have preset buttons. Correct. And I don't, I personally, I don't like that uh, in that I like to play with it a little bit. So like it'll have like for example, two o five Fahrenheit for coffee, and it'll have. Um, you know, 185 for some teas and, you know, and stuff like that. My problem with that is what I've noticed is that the temperature, 
continues to increase after it has shut off. Yep. And so, like, for example, if I want to pour between 195 and 205, then a lot of times I have, because there are gooseneck kettles that give you this ability, you know, to set it to a specific temperature degree, I'll set mine to 202 or 203, Mm-hmm. And then watch as it'll actually coast to yep. like two oh five, two oh six, somewhere in there. And then start working as well. Yeah, and then out. I and then, you know, by the time I finish pour it might be yeah. like one ninety eight or something like that when I put it back on. So be a really neat experiment, I think, so to graph that out, get a temperature probe and start. Yeah. Because that residual heat probably from the stainless steel, you know, obviously you're heating it heat up it, yeah. and then shuts off, but then at least for a short period of time, what that time is probably depends on every kettle and different how it's made and all that stuff, but it probably, like you said, it always coasts up like another degree or two. And then at some point it's going to start obviously coming back down. Yeah. Um, and if, um, and one thing to think about is you'll have some that will just straight cut off mm-hmm. at that temperature that you set. And you have some like the Bonavita that we we're talking about that you, you'll be able to hear it as it starts getting closer to that temperature. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it cut on, cut off, cut on, cut off. As it's trying to slow down. Like almost pulsating the heat. Yeah, and and get to like kind of trail off at that temperature that you want. Um, go ahead. And I was like, a lot of the kettles too, not only does it just cut off and you got your temperature, but a lot of them too, depending on like if you've forgotten about it or if you've got to step away for a second or if you're doing more than one coffee with that single kettle, it you can set it where it'll continue to bring that water back. Yeah, to the can, correct temp have, too. Yeah, you have like it's a hold. Just, yeah, it's like a hold. It's not just a one time. Yeah. Oh, now I'm done. You got to restart me all over again. It yeah, it'll I continue like to yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like to be able to have a hold because sometimes I will go away, <laughs> yeah. and then come back. Um, and then I like a kettle that gives you the ability to also have a timer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't. I mean, yeah. you can use your phone or yeah. whatever. Um, but I tend to like that. You know, as far as something to think right. about. Yeah. So another thing to think about is we talked about speed of heating up the water. Electric or gooseneck are going to heat the water up faster, obviously, than um, stovetop. But one thing to think about is it may be obvious, but if you use less water or and or if you heat your water yep. through the faucet before it gets to where you're going – then you're going to get to that final temperature yeah. faster. Yeah, I have I have instant hot water at the house, so obviously I can turn on my faucet and get pretty warm water pretty much immediately. So then it obviously it makes that quicker. And I know um, for maybe the coffee geeks out there, they may watch James Hoffman yeah. on YouTube. He, he's I know he's done a really like specific talk about ergonomics and how fast things get up to temp and different with different brands and how long it takes to get those up there because that it does vary by brand a lot of a lot of times it has to do with the heating element inside there like yeah the bonavita versus the fellow versus um brewista another brand versus you know there's a, lot, a couple different brands out there but how big is the heating element because that and how much energy obviously plugging it into the wall like what what is it taking to get that water up to up to temp can obviously that's going to impact the speed so, right yeah, and and I think that'll be another good one that um, we'll put a link to. We'll put a link to his video on kettles in the show notes here. Um, okay, when we're talking about kettles, don't forget about tea. You know the 
you know, usually uh, tea brews optimally at different temperatures than coffee does. And so you need to find a kettle that will, you know, do that for you. So we'll have an episode probably coming up on tea specifically, but just as a ballpark, don't quote me on this, but this is a really good ballpark for white and green teas. You want that brew temperature to be about 170 to 185. For oolong, you want 180 to 195. And for black, interestingly, 200 to 212, which is boiling. Um, And actually, I didn't know that. I Mm -mm. I didn't know that you went that high. Yeah, I would have assumed it was probably more in that that 180 to 190 range. Yeah. I know a lot of times my wife likes tea more than she likes coffee. She'll def- she'll surely drink coffee if I make it for her, but sometimes on the weekends, you know, I'm doing a pour over, I'm doing whatever, and I'll boil my water, full kettle, and I'll use it, and then by the time I'm done using the kettle and all that stuff and doing my coffee, she'll take that same water, which is probably in the 170 to 175, 180 range, mm-hmm. and she'll use it to, to make tea with. So Yeah. Um, which, not that we're scientifically making that, you know, Decision, but it works. But it works. Yeah. Because it's strategically. Strategically it works. Yeah, and efficiently. Yeah. So um, one last thing I had, and you may have some other things, um, but I wanted to make sure we hit uh, before we let our one-on-oneers go, is that if you have hard water or water that is going to cause some kind of buildup over time of mineral deposits in your kettle, then you may want to start out with a kettle that's has minimal chance of kind of exacerbating or making it easier for that buildup. So mm-hmm. stainless steel, glass, and ceramic are probably the best bets yep. to slow down or prevent that buildup. Yep, for sure. And then if you can obviously filter your water in some way, whether that's your right water pitcher or water filter, or if you're using some kind of, you know, packet or tablet type based thing to clear your water up and all that stuff so i mean definitely putting good water into your kettle which as we've always said good water makes great coffee you can have some okay bean if you can have some great beans but you put bad water with those beans and it's going to be terrible so as much as you can put great water into your into your kettle yes and i I think that's, that's a good point and then you know just talking about like heat and stuff like that too keeping heat of it you know the different types as we talked about earlier like glass and ceramic and stainless steel like which one is going to hold the heat better versus others so that's something else to keep in in, to think about too is when you're in the market for looking for a kettle yep and you're talking about water one thing we'll do and you could actually go back and find it but we'll we'll put a link in the show notes as well um we talked to the guys over at third wave water and whether you're just straight up doing your own thing at home or you're a barista on the bar um, or anybody in between, um, that's an episode worth listening to. We'll put a link below, sure. but then you could also go back and find it. Um, and part of that, but not all of it, has to do with talking about preventing buildup. Correct. Yep. So, all right, Stefan, pleasure to have you on today. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's always good to geek out over kettles. Hopefully that hopefully that gave the audience like uh, just – a taste of what they could get into with kettles. I mean, they could end up with tons of different kettles at their house if they're, if they're not careful, which is what happened to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I think, you know, like I said, just take what you've heard here and, you know, look at some of the links in the show notes and, you know, hopefully that kind of helps clear up some questions on why you see your barista at your local coffee shop using this weird shaped looking thing um, yeah. to make coffee. 
And I'm actually pretty impressed and amazed that we talked as long as we did <laughs> on kettles because I was thinking, how are we going to make this interesting? Yeah. But I think we gave it a good good try. Yeah, we have tuna in there. We talked about what else? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. Yep. So, yeah. all right. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks, Kenneth. Okay, so what did you think about how Stefan and I weighed in on the kettles? I never knew someone could be so interested in kettles before. <laughs> well, I don't know that I would say we, well, we may be interested in kettles, but I would at least say that you, we had to have some kind of conversation yeah. about kettles. Like last week, we had to have about scales. Now, are scales and kettles you know, the most sexy thing in coffee? Oh, no, they're not. But, like, if we know how to use them better and, like, like what they're used for and their purpose and little tips and tricks, mm-hmm. then ultimately, hopefully, it makes our, our experience of making coffee and the coffee itself a little better. Yeah. So there you go, 101ers. There you go. Kettles. Kettles. All right, thank you all for joining us today. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee. And this week, I only want you to do one thing for me. I want you to go tell a friend that you think they're either a stovetop kettle or a gooseneck kettle. No, 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 don't do that. I'm just kidding. Listen, listen, just go tell a friend to listen to Coffee 101 to get their coffee knowledge game on. It's like all they got to do is just press play and it just goes so we will see y'all next time on coffee 101 love you